Welcome to the Lights, Camera, Rant Podcast. Your source for the latest on movies, TV shows, and video games. Get ready for ranting, raving, and reviewing. Here is your host, Lee. Hi everyone, welcome back for another edition of Lights, Camera, Rant which I would like to thank you for my intro guy. He hasn't missed a single week ever since we started doing this. Uh, He hasn't missed a beat, so round of applause for him and my outro as well. So guys, you know what we like to do. We like to get into the news, and then we like to get into the reviews, which is another triple threat week. I have the latest episode of Halo, the latest episode of Moon Knight, and Netflix's latest movie release, Metal Lords, which... Look, I saw this as a recommendation coming off TikTok. I really didn't know what it was about, but I saw it come on TikTok, and I thought, all right, I'll have to check a clip from this. So I was like, hey, that looks pretty good, and sold. So I had to go watch it, and wow, you'll find out later on my review, hot or not, or trash or treasure, uh, which, you know, sometimes it's a little bit more trash, like... Uh, which, you know, sometimes we do see, well, you know, um, like uh, Fantastic Beasts. That wasn't really trash. That was, like, more kind of, like, half-baked, really. Uh, but if you haven't done know my Fantastic Beasts theory review, definitely go check out my last episode. And also, go check previous again for my first international episode with the Nerd Dose podcast. All right, so without further ado, let's get breaking down. So, first things first, we got a trailer Aaron reveal of Kingdom Hearts 4 that is currently in development. Which I was, this came out of absolutely nowhere to me. I was sorry, I was like, oh my god. Actually, I was uh, playing the PlayStation and I was scrolling through Twitter, just about to go to sleep, and I saw it pop up. I was like, holy shit. Now, as a Kingdom Hearts fan, which is one, is I love the franchise, very, also very frustrated with the franchise. I completed the first one, and I think I got three quarters worth of the second, and I can't pass this one particular boss fight, which I've tried again and again and again, still struggling with it, and I haven't even touched Kingdom Hearts 3, because I won't bring it to myself to, you know, if you can't pass 2, then you can't pass 3. However, the biggest thing that actually surprised me about the announcement of Kingdom Hearts 4 was the fact that, you know, there is such a huge gap between... Kingdom Hearts 2 and 3, uh, which we do know that got announced, and you know it was it was should shouldn't have been announced as early as it did, um, but you know the gap between Kingdom Hearts, Kingdom Hearts 1 and 2 is a lot smaller, you know, and 3 only came out about two years ago, and now we've already got uh, 4 already announced. But me saying that could just be like what happened with number 3, where we got a trailer and then basically it was like you know a six years wait. So, the announcement, as they have announced it, there is no release date, it is in early development, and the trailer looks absolutely stunning, there is so many questions of what's going on, however, with the history of Kingdom Hearts, wouldn't hold your breath, would just wait out, and go, alright, that's cool, I'll keep that in the back of my head, which unfortunately is a lot like uh, the new Suicide Squad game, you know, that got announced nearly a year ago, we got a trailer for it. And then a couple of months ago, yeah, look, you're not getting that until 2023. Why? Why so far away? Oh my god. But the thing is, like, that was almost like the Suicide Squad, the movie as well. We got the trailer, and then it was like nearly a whole year before we got another whole trailer for the movie, which is a complete and utter episode for another day on why that was a complete crash course and why the first Suicide Squad movie is shit. Um, but yeah, Kingdom Hearts fans, you're Ryan Stall. Number four is on its way. Just don't hold your breath on that release date. Uh, so moving on. Uh, now this this was interesting when I saw this. At the same time, I was very happy to see it. So Sonic 2, I haven't seen it yet, but it currently has the best opening weekend of any video game movie to date, it outdid Uncharted as well. So for the opening weekend of Sonic 2, $71 million at the box office. Now, this has come out at perfect time, being school holidays, of course, being Easter. Oh, which, oh, sorry. Happy Easter, anybody who uh, listens to this podcast when it comes out. Happy Easter. Safe holidays. Hope everyone has a 
good trip away and sees family, friends, and your stuff full of food and chocolate. Uh, but yes, so too has made $71 million at box office, which is, oh, I was so interested when I saw this because I thought that's fantastic. Because I hope the fact that with this such thing is the fact that this is, will push studios to make more video game movies, invest in more, the time and the patience, and create more. There was such a plethora of video games out there that you could turn into a movie um, that would be box office hits, you know. If people go, you know, uh, at the stage right now with movie issues, everyone's saying, you know, reboot, remake, sequel, prequel. Look, you know, you've obviously gone to the well of comic book movies, which I'm still loving them going to the well and going to this right now. But go to video games. That's why I'm saying, because the fact there are so many video games and there's so much you could, you know, dive into and pick from. Even if it's obscure, if it's a good story, turn into a movie you got another freaking franchise on your hand. You know, don't just bank on the already successful ones. Even, you know, the second top tier successful games, you know, not you know, out of this world, but still make bang for buck. There are fans that will invest and watch this. So I, the most that's why I found it so interesting because I hope this you know, pushes Hollywood to invest more into video game movies and keep that going. Um, obviously speaking about movies, which for any HBO Max fans, you're in for a treat. As I'm recording this, The Batman is now currently streaming on HBO Max. Uh, I've seen a lot of my Instagram, uh, people I follow or America have been posting all about this, going, I can now stream it, give it another crack and check this out. Now, unfortunately, as I'm recording this for any HBO, sorry, binge for our Australian fans, because as I said before, we don't have HBO Max in Australia unless you use a VPN. Our equivalent is Binge. Uh, unfortunately, the Batman is not on that yet streaming. But look, definitely let me, go, let me know, guys. Are you interested in going back and revisiting this three-hour epic? Like, has it enticed you to come back and see Robert Pattinson as the Batman once again? Or you're like, you know what? Don't need to watch it again. It goes for too long. Um, I've already seen it, don't need to revisit. You know, I, I think the time frame might be one of those movies that you know you have to be a diehard, diehard fan to revisit um, because of that our time. And like, you know, I still want to revisit uh, the Snyder Cut, just try to find the time to slap in four hours to watch it because I'm like, I'll, because I know I can't split it in two because I know I'll get to two hour mark. I'm like, no, I want to keep watching, I want to do this in one sitting. Don't want to come back. But yeah, guys, let me know. Are you excited for this? Are you going to be revisiting the Batman? And look for any Australian people. I really do hope the fact that we get soon has to be around the corner, surely. Like, they'll announce the next month or two. Which, you know, being Australian, we usually get everything last. Uh, but moving on. So, for any... Now, this is... Uh, I was surprised to see this. Uh, talk about uh, reboot, prequel, you know, all that kind of fun stuff, is that apparently they are making a new Casper the Friendly Ghost TV show, uh, which will be streaming on Peacock. Uh, this will be live action. Uh, this will be a, a reimagining and apparently be in the tone of Riverdale uh, TV show, kind of vein along that lines. So there was no current release date at this stage, but yes, for any Casper the Friendly Ghost fans, uh, you're in for a treat. Something is coming soon. Now, I don't... At this stage, I don't really know what the equivalent is for us for Peacock. I don't think we've got Peacock in Australia um, at this stage. So I don't know what, you know, if you know, that's for Netflix to them or, you know, what the equivalent of that is. Um, but I'm sure we'll get some out or pop up in some obscure uh, streaming service with the rest of the 10 other ones. Um, but yeah, keep, keep an eye on that. That should be coming soon. Uh, also coming to Peacock as well, that got announced is a TED prequel TV series uh, with Seth MacFarlane returning. Now, this also has no release date. This will be set in 1993 with John. Uh, but yeah, for any TED fans, because obviously got TED 1 and 2, this is from the creative mind of Seth MacFarlane, who made American Dad, Family Guy, uh, uh, Orville, which I need to watch that still. Um, but that's all be all coming very soon. So still no release date. The cast has been announced to the particular point. 
So we should be seeing that in the next year or so official you know, trailer or release date. But for any TED fans, especially like myself, I love the first TED uh, 1 and 2. I am very much looking forward to this, but the ending, I don't know what our equivalent of Peacock is, so I'll definitely have to dive into that and let you guys know. Uh, also moving on, we also got an announcement the fact that Brie Larson is now joining Fast 10 with Jason Momoa, which is set for release on May the 19th, 2023. Um, look, Brie, you know, I'm happy for Brie Larson, you know, and everyone else that's joining this cast, you know, already massive ensemble cast for this particular thing, but we also go, remember guys, this will still not be the last Fast and Furious. We still have another one after this, and there is obviously 100% The Rock is not returning. As much as Vin Diesel tries to, The Rock is not coming back. He's done and dusted, which to me, he's appeared in that many films of that. You know, he also appeared on the spin-off. If your character's done, your character's done. Unless, you know, the script is absolute pure gold, there is no reason for you to return to this character, to any character as an actor, if you don't need to. Because you, know, you don't want to be, you know, beating a dead horse. Which, you know, the thing is, the difference is with, you know, Robert Downey Jr. and Iron Man, you know, with Marvel, obviously every time they offered it to him, the script was always a justification for his character to return. A really good one is Captain America Civil War. There was two scripts for that. One where Iron Man didn't appear and one that Iron Man did. And obviously Robert Jr. got really invested in the fact that, you know, for his character to reappear after Avengers 2, which obviously, you know, in between that and Spider-Man no, uh, Spider uh, Homecoming. But, you know, The Rock is not returning to Fast. But yeah, for any Brie Larson fans, she's also joining, joining Fast and the Furious franchise. And I'm very curious to see what Jason Moe is going to be playing. However, look, don't, uh, don't hold your breath if I'm going to review it. Because, <laughs> uh, as you guys know, I don't enjoy the Fast and Furious franchises anymore. Uh, now this, this of course caught my eye when I saw this come into the news, which piqued my interest far beyond, was the fact that Doctor Strange 2 has been announced, the fact it will not be getting any early screenings. The only time anyone's going to see this film in cinemas is at the world premiere on May the 2nd. Now the only other movie that Marvel have done that for is Endgame, to obviously avoid spoilers. So, basically, anyone who's going to that world premiere will be the very first people to see Doctor Strange 2 in its entirety. Now, if Marvel is doing that, now if Marvel's doing that uh, on an Endgame level, like, just what's going to be included in this has to be mind-boggling. Or, you know, they're really playing it close to their chest because they want you to be fully surprised on what's going to happen. So I'm currently seeing on May the 4th uh, with my crew of friends and mark my words. Uh, so we've got to last, I think, two days. Two days of going social media dark. Um, social media dark with not trying to see anything, obviously, because, you know, as soon as someone sees this, as soon as there's that little bit of a leak, if you're on TikTok, you're gone. It's going to be like wildfire going out to every other single point, going ridiculous. This movie, especially with this announcement, the fact that no one's going to see this movie until the world premiere, and the fact that it's in the same vein as Endgame, I cannot stress enough the hype going into this. Honestly, it's just gonna. I really hope it's gonna be really good. I have complete and utter faith in Marvel. They have not, to me, they have not disappointed me yet. I have not made a fully dud movie. Even the ones that are less on the pecking order still have moments that are really good, or you know, character moments that are still really good, uh, that still make you want to go back and watch them again. Uh, you know, in and all of them, like still, you know, a lot of people saying, you know, the internals was crap, it was boring, but actually internals did a lot with the visually, representation, the story, like that's a particular movie that a lot of, I think a lot of people will come back to, as well as I saw a lot of people that did like the internals because of the fact that it wasn't attached to anything Marvel-esque, if you know what I mean, you know, so there was no Captain America, there was no Iron Man, there was no Black, Blid Black Widow, you know, it was a complete fresh team going in. 
So a lot of people actually appreciated that. So even though it might be very low in the packing order, it's still, you know, it's still very decent to go back and give it another rewatch, especially what happened in the after credits scene. So again, guys, have you got your Doctor Strange tickets? You need to pick them up now because, you know, time's running out. It is not long. Um, actually, funny enough, I didn't even realize it, but the fact that when I uh, do my Doctor Strange 2 episode, it will be my episode 50. It will be the 50th episode I have made of Lights, Camera Rant, which, you know, a couple of, you know, when I started this, I was more amazed that I got to episode 10 and double digits, and now reaching episode 50. Holy shit. Which, remember guys, I have an announcement for that uh, particular episode that will be very special, so stay tuned. Uh, for that, because I can't wait to announce to you guys and get you really amped for that episode. Uh, but moving on, for anyone, for any better call Sal, Sal, fan, Sal, sorry, Sal fans, uh, both Brian Cranston, Aaron Paul, uh, both returning for the final season as Walter and Jesse. So for any Breaking Bad fans, you will be treated for the last season because they are coming back. Uh, now, for capacity, whether or not it's a couple episodes or the full season, they are definitely coming back, so you're going to want to tune in for that. Uh, also, we got the full trailer for Stranger Things Season 4, which is premiering on May the 27th, well, the first half. Netflix is doing that wonderful thing where they break it up into two, but the trailer looks... Whew, that's a lot going on. There's a lot going on. Now, I will be honest, I haven't watched Stranger Things... But everyone I speak to loves the show, can't talk enough about it. And I watched the trailer, I'm like, I don't know what's going on, but I am very intrigued and I could start watching it now and still be intrigued. But yeah, so Stranger Things fans, if you haven't already, get on that. Um, 110%. Now, this last bit of news I do have could, is a big one. So... Um, it's very interesting. In the last couple of months, I feel like there's been so many uh, company mergers, people buying other companies, you know, between uh, Microsoft and Blizzard, Sony and Bungie. Um, obviously, you know, Disney started that trend by absorbing Lucasfilms and, sorry, Lucasfilms and, uh, the, you know, uh, Marvel. Uh, so, Discovery... Purchased Warner Brother Warner Brother Media for forty three billion dollars. It is a massive acquisition. So we see Warner Brothers uh, Media, or will be Warner Brothers Discovery now. Their new logo. So if you definitely go check that, out, that is flying around. So you will discover this. Now this is massive. Uh, now the most interesting, noteworthy, which I didn't even think of it when I saw it. I was like, oh, all right, Warner Brothers are getting bought, you know, just like everybody else. However, um, the most typical thing is the fact Discovery is very intrigued about the, D the state of the DCEU at this stage. Now, apparently the rumor going around, which was reported, is the fact that Discovery are very interested about uh, reshuffling, rehauling the DCU films and TV shows all together, all in one, just completely rehaul the whole thing because they feel it is incoherent and there's no structure to it. They want to not copy Marvel, but they just want to have a single creative vision like Kevin Feige, which you know, I can completely understand any company wanting that. And Discovery are, are right. The current DC is completely incoherent. You know, you, you know, they can't tell who's the hero, you can't tell who's the villain, you can't tell who's playing what character, you know. It's just a, it's just mind-blowing. Look, go look at the Justice League. Who is their Justice League? Who is left? It's literally just Aquaman and Wonder Woman. Now the Flash talks are currently like he's going to get pulled out. Um, you know, Batman's in question at the moment. You know, they're not doing anything with Henry Cavill. I could go on, which I have gone on. I will admit, but they, from a business aspect, they need to hundred percent. They need to go into this. And, uh, DC, and they need to completely either clean slate it or, um, you know, end the DCEU uh, for a couple of years. You know, it can keep doing these one-off films like The Joker, The Batman, keep doing them, but I feel like DCEU movies, they need to end them. 
They need to end them or you need someone to crash course, put this back on the right direction and assemble your damn Justice League. Because imagine this on the flip side, if this happened to the Avengers, you know, the Earth's mightiest team, you know, the world's defenders and you have no idea who's playing them. You don't know when they're going to reappear. You know, it's just a whole of mess. You know, obviously what's happened with Cyborg, you know, the allegations, everything with Josh Sweden. It, it, the list goes on. And, you know, it's just mind-boggling the fact that it's come to this state. So whoever, you know, I think her name's Walter, or his name is Walter, who's currently the head of DC. You are useless. You are absolutely freaking useless. You know, you know, I, you know, I 100% agree. Aquaman has done very well. The Joker did very well. Peacemaker did very well. Suicide Squad did very well. But your main priority should be figuring out who the fuck the main Justice League is. Get your Superman back. Get your whole team back. You know, the you've had one Justice League movie, which, you know, the first one was shit. The second one, which, you know, you didn't even want to do is fantastic. You know, you you know, you jumped around in your pants and you gave us this, this half garbage movie when the fact that this was pure gold that was sitting around the corner, and you're like, nah, that's, you know, we don't want to present that. You know, it infuriates me the fact that they've let it get to this bad, they've let it get to this point, you know. You know, negotiations should be, you know, should have been happening with getting Ray Fisher back as cyborg, getting Zack Snyder back, you know, getting Henry Cavill, Man of Steel 2, getting that man on the big screen as quickly as possible. Get the Ben Affleck back on the you know, back on the big screen, you know, fix things. Be a mediator, you know. Don't just let, oh, you know, we'll focus on this over here while this giant pile of crap is burning, you know. And if someone tells you who's, you know, when we see Justice League 2, oh, not for a while. Oh, when we will, you know, when we will see the movie in the New Gods, oh, not for a while because we want to give Darkseid a break because of what's happening with Justice League. Oh, okay, um, you know, when will, you know, uh, when will we see Man of Steel 2? Nope. Cyborg movie, nope. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, so when will Ben Affleck be returning? Nope. You've now got Rap Person and now you've got Michael Keaton. <sighs> but I digress, don't I? I digress. Anyway, but yes, so the very curious thing is with this purchase is about what Discovery will do with DC and how that will shift things moving forward. Obviously, we are seeing very similar to what happened when uh, Disney bought Fox with all the Fox Marvel characters being merged into the Marvel. And, you know, that took a few years Get to get the ball rolling. You know, technically, we're still waiting to see that because um, we still, you know, obviously it's been announced for Fantastic Four. We know Deadpool 3 is coming, but, you know, X-Men obviously is a major property, which is going on, you know, obviously I have no idea Kevin Feige has a plan to it, you know, but the big merge has already happened. And we're still, you know, waiting to see the results of that moving forward, technically. Uh, but yeah, guys, that was the biggest news coming out of the past week. So, without further ado, let's get into the reviews. So, Halo. I... Oh, Halo, Halo, Halo. This is becoming a very much a love-hate uh, relationship kind of show. You know, we get an episode that's like, yeah, like action, but where's the plot? Oh, here's a plot. This is really slow. Oh, you know, big action. You know, Cortana's in it. Yay. And then we get this episode where it's like, Cortana's not in a whole lot. And, yeah, look, it's... At the moment, I'm having a, a little love-hate relationship with the series. You know, I'm, I haven't been able to fully recommend it to someone. Um, you know, I'm also going to wait until the end. You know, um... I do recommend it for any new sci-fi people who are looking for a new sci-fi show, but not fully recommending it going, you know, like, you need to watch this, like, Moon Knight or, you know, Peacemaker. I haven't fully recommended it because I'm not fully sold on it. So this particular episode starts with uh, K-125, one of the Spartans taking out their emotional suppressor palette after seeing what Master Chief did the other week. 
now this episode focuses a lot on the three Spartans, um, and actually we do get more a lot of talking points from them, which is really good, and we get their kind of backstory, their experiences, um, you know, they get a lot of screen time in this episode, um, which was which was a highlight, which was a really good point for that, which I really did love. Uh, now, uh, now she's a sorry. Uh, she's removed her palate, so she's working. Uh, she's also working with the fact that with uh, keys uh, at the moment, because um, she's working out trying to what all the you know the current language is, because they would know, they would hear it, they can uh, understand it. Now we do see the fact that as they're deciphering the language, we do get the fact that they do mention the second ring. They do talk about Halo. So this is the second time, only the second time we heard what Halo is. Um, being the second, you know, second ring, so that's good. They're like, all right, all right, we're, we're going on track. We're going on track, and it obviously does continue with Master Chief going to his home planet, um, going to his house, trying to find the second artifact, uh, which you do get a very cool visual flashback uh, with the of Quintana. Now, I totally, I have four episodes in side point four four episodes in, and I I was looking. I was looking at the cast, you know, and I'm like, hmm, you know, I'm looking at this going, all right, this is, this is very interesting. I was like, okay, just gonna, um, they're all like reminding me of someone. I'm like, okay, you know, where's, you know, like, like, where have I seen this before? And I totally forgot that, um, I totally forgot the fact that oh, her name, oh my God, I just, I can't believe I just forgot her name. Uh, <laughs> um, Dr. Halsey, sorry, Dr. Halsey, she's a chick out of, uh, um, oh, the Jim Carrey movie, oh my god, just both just gave me, uh, the Truman Show, she's the chick out of the Truman Show that he fell in love with, it was only extra, she wasn't meant to be in the show, and he, he keeps a photo of her the whole time, she's, uh, it's the same bird, and I was like, that's it, like, I was watching going, bingo. How did I not get that earlier? But yeah, she, I was like, oh, okay, now it all, you know, all falls in place. And I was like, all right, because it was bugging me. I didn't want to check, but it was bugging me because I was like, I know you from somewhere. But uh, yes, so anyway, back on track the review. Uh, obviously, with Master Chief, he's checking out where he used to live because he's seeing the memories. Uh, we do get a good, uh, like, um, three, uh, 3D. Uh, we do get a good visual of his house, what it once looked like. Um, and seeing him as a kid, he's trying to remember where these like drawings are that he did of the second artifact, um, and where this all fits into everything. So that's still very interesting. I do have something I was really pissed about was the fact that they arrive on this planet. He puts his helmet on, and I'm like, "All right, sweet, good, you got your helmet on, you know." And literally, the literally the next scene, he takes his helmet off. I'm like. That was an absolute tease. They knew what they did just then. Why did you do it? Like, like obviously, we like Master Chief having his helmet on. We don't give a shit about the actor playing him. It's not like the Mandalorian. The whole point of Master Chief is that you didn't see who's behind the mask. And the fact you have this faceless warrior who's showing all this emotion. And the fact that you put him in a scene, he puts the damn mask on, and literally two seconds later he takes it off. Like, look, the reason why he takes it off is because of the fact that when he takes it off, he puts his helmet next to his leg, which is the iconic shot from a lot of promotion material for most a lot of the Halo games. I understand that. But why? why? Ah, I was doing it. That really annoyed me. So I was like pissed. I even see someone's TikTok. Also complaining about it. I was like, yes, see? Someone else understands my pain. Now, obviously, we do get a story, backstory of Quan. She's going back to her home planet uh, to try and build up the resistance. I'm going to be honest with you. I don't give a shit about her character, her, this character's arc. Like, I understand she's trying to build a resistance after her father died on um, you know, Magical, the very first episode. Um, and as the episode's Brit progresses the fact that she finds out that you know the wrist is, is completely dissolved and um obviously she's got a bounty on her head and she's gonna and you know there is after to kill her because she's gonna be the resistance now that's why i honestly don't give a shit about this i'm like 
okay, I understand world building. I understand how we're going to see how the UNC force, Cohen and I, the backstory, all of that. I get that. But, like, that to me is an interesting part. Like, I don't want to know. Like, like, uh, like I want more time with the UN, UNC force. The Spartans. Master Chief, more time on him. Like, I don't give a shit about a girl building the resistance in this in this water. I'm like, I want to see, which is the reason why I play the games, Master Chief versing the Covenant. The Covenant versing humans. Like, you know, why don't you build a backstory on how the UNC force was built? Why, you know, the planet, Reach, Spartan, you know, dive more into the Spartans, you know, all of this, or dive more into the Covenant. I'm, I just, I, her parts, I'm just, it's, I'm not engaged into it, um, watching them, because I'm like, oh, alright, let's get Master Chief back on screen. So, this episode, to me, um, did more diving in, uh, do like the sto- uh, backstory with the Spartans, I do like their more interaction, I do like the fact they find out more about the Sega Ring Halo, and obviously, spoilers, 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 I'm so sorry if you got this far, I've spoiled it, but spoilers alert, um, it's the fact that, uh, you know, they do know about the Sega Ring, and right at the end, we do see Master Chief does find the second uh, part to the artifact, which we'll think will show him the way to the Sega Ring um, in episode five, which will come out this week. Uh, but look, you guys tell me, like, are you enjoying it? Like, are you still engaged? Like, I'm yet to find someone who goes, I'm loving it, week in, week out. You know? Um, I'm yet to find anyone who's saying that at this stage. And, you know, I might just sound like, like I'm a, you know, I might be reading into it, or the fact, you know, I'm not, a, you know, because I'm not a big enough Master Chief fan, I'm not understanding it, but, like, just from someone who's enjoyed all the games, you know, and the fact that, you know, I don't have a full, deep dive knowledge into the entire, obviously, the Halo uh, history. Um, the to me, I'm just like taking everything I know from the games, and the show's still struggling to sell me. Like I'm like, and yes, Cortana was in it, but she didn't have a lot of scenes in it. So I'm like, okay. I was really hoping she would have more scenes. Obviously, her being Cortana, but that isn't the case. So, but yeah, look, definitely tell me. Like, are you enjoying? Are you enjoying Halo so far? Are you bored? You're like, nah, I'm done. I'm just going to wait until it comes out. I'm going to binge it and do it later. Or it's not bringing you an episode week by week. So definitely let me know. So, moving on to Moon Knight. Now, Moon Knight, episode three, uh, was a tribute episode to Gas uh, Paul Yulili. Uh, I'm sorry if I butchered his name terribly. Uh, but... Uh, 1984 to 2022. Unfortunately, he's one of the actors in this episode uh, who does who does own the ranch, uh, which we do. I'll explain later. Unfortunately, he passed away. He's a French actor. He passed away early this year in January in a skiing accident, uh, which is very quite sad. And my condolences to his friends, his family, and his pets. Uh, but I thought it was very nice the fact that Marvel tribute this episode right at the end was in memory of him. Um, because he does very good in the episode, the scenes he does have, um, but it is very sad that uh, he didn't get to see this um, with what with what happened. Uh, but moving on, so Moon uh, Knight, the action, loved it, absolutely loved it, uh, all the way through. So this picks up exactly where uh, the last episode left off with the fact that um, he obviously uh, Moon Knight. I'm sorry, Moon Knight. Mark is currently in Egypt trying to find the Scarab, which Arthur does own. Now, as he's trying to figure out that we do get a fight scene he does have with some uh, Arthur's goons. Interesting is that we get that flip scene where the fact he jumps in and jumps out of different personalities. But the very curious thing into this is the fact that uh, as we see this jump in and jump out, um, there is a scene where you know Mark stabs a guy and he's just kind of like shocked he's stabbing him. And he's like, you know, Steve, what have you done? And Steve's like, it wasn't me. So there is a third personality, which there is a third personality in the comics. So there, there is one lurk, lurking around, um, which I do hope that does come into play, especially if there's a third person. Um, I thought that was really good. I was like, ah, there it is. Because I was curious, because I knew, I, you know, I did a little, small little research going into Moon Knight, and I didn't see the fact there is three personalities. Um, and I was curious the fact that there wasn't a third one, but when I saw that, I was like, yep, 
Bingo, what a bingo, right there. Uh, so obviously we have this very small uh, back and forth, you know, and unfortunately uh, all the goons uh, die. Uh, one kid does the very much like the Hydra thing and goes, uh, you know, Hal Hydra and uh, Hal Arthur jumps off a cliff and kills himself. Uh, I was a bit choking about that. And, uh, and Mark's like, what are we going to do now to Contra? And Contra like, I do have a way. A little bit risky, but uh, like there is a way. And what happens is he summons a meeting with the other gods. Uh, you know, Hathor and, and all these other gods that are in human bodies and currently live among the humans. Now, interesting fact, if you are, for example, a Stargate fan uh, like myself, then a lot of these gods you do know because it's obviously enriched in Egyptian mythology, which I loved. I'm loving all this um, Egyptian side of things and the gods and all this, really diving into it. So I was like, I know you, I know you, I know you. Um, and I do love the fact that almost you felt like a fan because uh, as Steve's walking into this, you know, this area to be with the meeting, it's actually going inside the pyramid. Uh, where this meeting is being held, and Steve's like, oh my god, this is inside the Pyramid of Giza, uh, which the whole set is fantastic. I could not tell you which point was obviously CGI, um, yeah, to the level of CGI between uh, you know, a physical um, prop, but it was a great scene. Um, yeah, and we do see the fact that you know, they try and put Arthur on trial. Arthur appears, he says the fact that this man's very sick, going to, going to Mark, he hasn't done anything wrong, blah, blah. And basically the gods are like, you know what? There's nothing wrong with Arthur. Steve, sorry, Mark, you're crazy. Um, and so is Conchu. So if something happens again, we're going you know, to do something against you. Um, and obviously as as the episode progresses, uh, they do figure out the way. There's another way to figure out how to find the tomb and met to see where Arthur is digging. Uh, they do have to find this sarcophagus, uh, which will have a map on it. Layla really reappears, because we do see at the beginning of the episode the fact that uh, she's made a new passport to enter Egypt, which she does meet up with Mark. We do get a lovely love scene between them, or like a connection. The fact that he hasn't he's not fully telling her the truth, because um, he's hiding everything because of everything we do with Moon Knight, obviously, and the multiple personalities. Uh, which leads to finding a particular buyer, a collector who owns, you know, who owns this particular sarcophagus, um, which will have a map on it to show them where Amet's tomb is. Uh, now, the, the collector person is the, sadly uh, the character, the person who did pass away. Um, now, basically, it's at some kind of ranch. It looks like a uh, jesting ranch, um, kind of like that, but. Uh, they do they do rock up, you know, they do talk, they doing the whole personating, you know, like, oh, we're the collectors, you know, he does get to have a, now, Steve does get to have a look at the sarcophagus. Now, this is in, like, kind of like a triangle viewing room, if you will, um, and there's mirrors all on the roof, and you can see the fact that Steve's talking to Mark. Sorry, other way around. <laughs> other way around. Uh, Mark is talking to Steve because Steve obviously knows how to read all this. As you know, shit goes down because Arthur rocks up and basically, you know, saying, you know, this guy's full of shit. I can show you the pure power of a Met. You know, you want to see something really cool, which turns breaks down to a fight scene. Now, this fight scene with Moon Knight is fantastic. Very well choreographed. Loved it. You do see Moon Knight get pushed a little bit. Um, I do like the fact how Moon Knight jumped out, pretty like, you know, does like the wingspan thing like Batman does, how it's in perfect shape of a moon, of course. Um, I do I do like that very much. And, you know, you do see Moon Knight do get very much pushed in this, um, pushed in this fighting scene, he does get stuck. What I really did like is the fact that, you know, um, when Moon Knight's getting pushed, obviously that's Steve, sorry, obviously that's Mark, um, he's always being pushed. He can remove the ma moon, ma moon Knight mask, and you see Oscar Isaac, you know, and it goes back and forth. The CGI on that is fantastic. I'm loving the CGI on this. The Moon Knight suit, I'm still loving as well, you know, and the, and the fight scenes. I do like the fact that, 
you know, Steve's in his head saying, no, let me take control. Steve takes control, and we see Mr. Knight. He gets his ass whooped. He's like, nope, 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 nope. Take take me back, take me back. You can have control, well, which does happen. Um, so we do get a lovely fight scene uh, going up, which was, you know, very cool. I do recommend it. It's really good, and it's just, yeah, I'm still very much engaged. This 100% does overall in Halo. 110% I'm enjoying this a lot more. Not not because of the fact that I'm a big Marvel fan, because this has a coherent storytelling. You know, as fans. As you know, and it's I'm enjoying this. Halo is frustrating me. Um but yes, and obviously Moon Knight wins, and they do actually get to see with lucky enough, uh, they get to take some pamphlets from the Scarfers because uh, Arthur destroyed it. So they have to, without, they do manage to obtain them. Uh, Mark and Layla go into the desert uh, to uh, try and find Emmett's tomb. And the problem is, Steve does help. There's a lovely little cute in between him and Layla. Um, and the fact that they, he, are, they are able to try and figure it out. Steve does work it out. But unfortunately, because stars obviously move thousands thousands of years because they have a triangle with the stars to find the exact location, they can't figure it out. Where Conchu comes up saying, I can show you what the stars looked at thousands thousands of years when Mitt was buried to help you. However, I will be imprisoned uh, without a shadow of a doubt. Which comes to one of, to me, one of the most visually stunning uh, scenes in the Marvel TV show. So, obviously, Conchu and um, Steve uh, and Mark help him basically sideswiping the stars, and it gets faster and faster. Everyone on Earth is, you know, watching this happening, which I you know, for people who live on Earth in the Marvel Universe, you would see so much crazy shit in the sky, you must be like, oh, I don't even want to know anymore. You know, oh my God, the sky is moving really, really fast. Or there's a giant, there's a giant portal, or there's a giant mechanical man in the uh, in the sky. It's you know a billion feet tall. Just don't ask any questions. You might as well live my life. Uh, but yeah, as they're moving this scene, it's visually stunning and a great, great scene. And I loved how that ended. Um, now, unfortunately, the uh, other gods do do a particular summoning spell and trap Conchu in stone. Uh, but the fact that Layla and Mark uh, do have the coordinates of where Emmett's tomb, which that leads off into the next episode. Uh, we do see a scene with Arthur talking to the stone of Conchu, a stone statue, basically saying, I'm doing all this, just remember that I'm doing all this because of you, basically, because he says he can still hear. Whew, that was a big breath getting all that in. Uh, are you still with me? I hope you're still with me. Because still got one more review to go, but you know this episode did very well to me. It kept me engaged. They've really plunged into, uh, they really, really plunged into it. The pacing is very interesting for this. Sometimes it goes very forward, then they pull back. However, to me, the overall story, the overall story, still makes sense. It's still going very well on that part. Um, but you know, visually stunning. This is fantastic. You know, for anyone who doesn't even watch Marvel TV shows regularly, for anyone who just wants visually stunning scenes, this is doing fantastic. And it's keeping you intrigued on what's going to happen next. Now, the next episode is very interesting because the fact that uh, now, the reason why this is interesting because I've seen a few tweets saying the fact that this next episode, which will be episode four, as we know, Marvel like to give you a cliffhanger, either episode three or episode four. We haven't had a clip yet, so this is going to obviously happen in episode 4, which we do remember what happened with WandaVision. Now, a lot of tweets of people who got to see it early, you know, those lucky, lucky, lucky people, and some have been very positive, some have been like, holy shit, uh, you know, I can't believe this, or, you know, that you know, this is very different. Um, even the director saying you're going to love what happens in episode 4, which has got my curiosity right up there, of course. So... It's going to be very interesting where this is going to lead going in episode 4 and what Massive Cliffhanger is going to be. My biggest curious thing is that now Conchu is in stone, 
does Mark or Steve have the power of Moon Knight or Mr. Knight? Do they still have the superpowers or are we just looking at a regular human with multiple personalities? Yay. <laughs> so that's the biggest question moving forward. But yeah, guys, you tell me, are you enjoying Moon Knight so far? You know, is it, you know, are you finding it, it's going too fast? Or do you think that, you know, is it, you know, I'm going to engage because this is a regular hero kind of thing? You know, this is very far different. Uh, but also, before, you know, before I end this review, Oscar Isaac is still doing a fantastic job in portraying this character and going back and forth. I am loving it. I'm loving it, and I can't praise him enough. Every single episode, he is not faulted. He's doing fantastic, and so is Ethan Hawke. So I'm glad that's still continuing on. They're showing their real passion into this project. Uh, but yeah, episode four, came out, or episode four coming out this week. So guys, are you going to be tuning in? Are you intrigued? Are you following along? Or you're like, you know what? Just give me Doctor Strange 2 right now. Stuff the shows. So, we get into my last review, which is Metal Lords, a brand new t- movie, uh, Netflix movie that is currently streaming. Now, as I said, now, I only saw this on Netflix, sorry, TikTok. It came up as a recommendation, and there was a clip, so I was like, oh, alright, I'll give it a watch. So, basically what it is, it's a, um, essentially, it's a teen comedy drama of two kids trying to start up a metal band, um, Hunter and Kevin, who want to do, um, you know, do the Battle of Bands and the fact they are against sh- uh, social norms. They're outcasts, basically. Um, and if you are a metal fan, 80s metal fan, Judas Priest, Metallica, Slayer, Lamb of God, oh, who else was in it? Like, you know, Lamb of God, try to think of it, there were so many bands, you know, Metallica, Slayer, all of them, you're going to absolutely love this movie. They're all in there. There is so many references, and the soundtrack to this movie is absolutely kick-ass. I loved it. I started listening to it straight away after I finished the movie. Um, so I actually watched this with my partner Maddie because um, I was like, "All right, you want to give this give this a crack," um, which she actually did love it as well. So, obviously, these two kids are, uh, you know, say a metal band. Uh, with the main focus, like, basically, I'd say the main character um, is, I do believe it's Adrian. No, not Adrian. It is my apologies. Uh, yeah, sorry. Jaden Mattel. Sorry, I just got to double check that because I had the names the other way on my notes. Um, it's basically him. Uh, who plays uh, Kevin? So basically, you're watching him. He's who he was in it. Um, he was in it as one of the kids. He did a fantastic job in that. I saw number one. I didn't see number two. Uh, so basically, you know, Kevin's trying. You know, he basically he's in doing the drums, and he's in this heavy metal band with his buddy. Hunter, played by Adrian, which I do believe is his first major role in a movie, which he did, I think, uh, he, he did all right. Acting-wise, he, he did all right. It was good. So this this movie is very much a teen movie. It's a feel-good movie. Um, if you're looking for just a movie just to chuck on, if you do like 80s metal, um, it is perfect. It's actually quite funny. There was a few moments back and forth I had loved. Uh, but so obviously these two kids are trying, you know, Really trying to get into heavy metal, um, but Kevin is you know, struggling because he's obviously not fully dedicated, uh, and you know, Hunter's full on, and obviously he starts you know falling in love uh, with a girl named Isis. Uh, sorry, Ca- uh, sorry. The actor's name is Isis. The ca- the character's name Emily. Uh, she is a drama girl. Oh, sorry, drama girl. She is in the band, uh, a man geek. Basically, oh, this makes me think of American Pie, uh, which he does fall in love with because she can also play. He wants to join the band, um, which you know, he falls in love with, girlfriend-wise. So it's very much teen comedy, but you know the humor is spot on. If you, uh, you know, the just the back and forth between all of them is fantastic. It's quite funny, and uh, yeah, I find myself really enjoying this. So as they're trying to you know start this band, obviously going to have bullies, which Pick on them, pick on them really harsh in this movie, like really dramatically. Um, 
But anyway, it's you know, American high school. Um, <laughs> uh, so you know, dealing with bullies, dealing with love, and the fact just trying to get the battle bands. And I love the fact that you know you also get a lovely cameo from Rob Halford, uh, Kirk Hammett, uh, Tom Morello, and Scott Iron. These guys pop up, um, which is I was not expecting them to come out, but they did. And you know we got them. You know obviously you know. Jewish Priest, Metallica, Raids Against Machine, all of them which they're from, and they go to come basically as a hallucination. Um, for the band that turns into from Skull Fucker to Skull Flower, which you will find out to watch it. So I do highly recommend this movie if you're just looking for something for that Saturday Night Watch, and if you're a really big music fan, and obviously want to watch a fresh teen comedy, I think... Uh, all those points were very good. It's probably acting. So obviously for these two characters, sorry, for two actors, it was their first major role. I think they did all right. You know, I wasn't fully blown away, but I thought they did all right. And, you know, the biggest thing of is the fact that, you know, they, the same message as the fact, you know, metal is basically, you know, sticking to the man, going your own way, doing what you want. But it's basically, you know, more in the fact, you know, the big message of the whole movie is saying, you know, Go do whatever you want. You know, just do whatever you want. If you want to be in a metal band, if you want to climb the highest mound, it doesn't matter what any people says. It doesn't matter if it's not a social norm. You just go out and do it the very best you can, you know, because that is you. It doesn't matter, you know, if you're a black sheep in a whole room of sheeps. Everyone's going to make the remember the black one. No one's going to remember the, the rest of the white ones. So it's basically the whole message is go for it, you know. And that's a big message about metal um, which I do agree with, and thought it was really good. You know, I grew really good to way to end the movie. I did love it. So this movie only goes for uh, 98 minutes, so it's not a big full sit down, uh, but it is a good watch. So I do recommend that. And look, guys, thank you very much uh, for tuning in this episode. Keep in tune for the biggest announcement I'm going to make about episode 50. And yeah, what do you think about Halo so far? If you've already watched Mel Lords. Let me know, and are you enjoying Moon Knight right now? And do you fully agree with the fact Discovery need to completely rehaul the DCU from the ground up? So, until next time, guys, happy ranting. Thanks for listening to Light Camera Rant. If you like the show, don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. While you're at it, leave us a rating and review, and be sure to tell your friends. Until next time. Happy ranting.